Hello and welcome to the Change and Transition podcast with me, your host, Crystal Deborah Ecoli. Now today is the second part of a two-part series with the amazing Arnold, who is talking about creating social change through work. If you've not listened to the previous episode, I advise that you do that before listening to this one. Enjoy part two. Please do tell people what the vision is, but yeah, what the vision is and, and how, how you've done it and what's compelled you to do it. Mm, okay. So I'll give a bit of a backstory. So Future of Ghana is now a registered charity in the UK, registered charity that's also registered in Germany as well. Um, and it was formed, it was rebranded as Future of Ghana from WAM campaign which was the registered charity name in 2012. And WAM came about through Mifrigana. And Mifrigana was founded, uh, it was founded in 2008. I think it was registered as a business in 2011 or something like that. Um, so when you talk about what compelled the vision, the visions come in stages. So what drew me to start, and I'll go from the, the beginning, Mifrigana was an identity crisis. It was a um, British-born Ghanaian um, that, you know, has a love or... No, I had a, a love for something I didn't understand. Come Ghana independence, everyone was wearing their kente. Everyone was embracing um, high life, kind of, then. Um, everyone kind of understood that they were Ghanaian around the, the 6th of March. And I was just in this place like... I don't know what that means to me. I, don't, I can't even speak the language. Like, what, what is it? Um, I know that when I go to funerals, I'm going to pick up and sneak away some some supermall and some chinchin, um, and that's it. So uh, it was it was an, a a crisis that kind of birthed the vision, um, and through that crisis, um, uh, doing a bit of digging around and realizing pioneers like Dr. Kwame Nkrumah. There was one statement he made that was the basis of why Mifrigana was founded. And the the quote was, the independence of, me- of Ghana is meaningless unless it contributes to the total liberation of the African continent. And I thought that was very profound. I thought that was very strong. I thought that was very empowering. And I just wanted to understand what he meant by that. And... Yeah, so I, I I started to understand and research what it meant to be a Ghanaian and what it didn't mean. And and yeah, just, just started to get more curious. And I asked my dad, how do you say I'm from Ghana in the local language? In fact, how do you spell it correctly? Mm-hmm. And it took him a while because our dialect is so, <laughs> I don't know, so confusing. Yeah. I understand. And um, I remember going to the High Commissioner one time. He said, Amy Free Ghana. That's F R I. Why do you put F I R I? I'm like, ah, but it is, this is how, if you want to say it properly, this is how you say it. He says, oh, yes, I know, but we say F R I. I'm like, <laughs> and that is just part of the problem. So it's not even just a confusion with identity, it's a confusion with a lot of things. Um, but anyway, let me not digress. Um, so yeah, the vision started from there and it's evolved. You know, 
and Mifrigana birthed Wham Campaign. Wham Campaign was um, annual seasonal volunteer projects that we did around Christmas time. We started in 2010. Myself, Nana, my cousin, Ernest Simmons, and Fifi Atta Mills at the time went to Ghana. Um, and we just use our skills to support two schools, one in Tamale, north of Ghana, and then another one in um, Nakra. And we just used our skills and what we had around us. We didn't know what we were going to do, how we were going to do it. We went blindly. And there's so much stories I can just share about that because we nearly didn't even make it. But, um, but yeah, but we saw the, the end result was we saw the impact that the positive impact that was had on the children and the positive impact that's had on the teachers and the positive connections we developed as individuals with our country. So the following year, we opened it up to other friends and family. Then we opened it up to other people from different nations. And we did it again in 2013. And it was something that just grew, 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 grew. And we realized the need. Um, so over, we did that over four years. And there was a lot of learning. Every year it was learning. Every year it was learning. You, you, you think you've got it sussed and then you realise the, the, the character of, of our people. And, you know, sometimes doing good is not good. Sometimes it's bad. You know, so it's just constantly evolving. It's like we're dipping our toe in, dipping out, dipping in, dipping out, dipping in, dipping out. And for me, I've always been kind of like a visionary. I've always looked at, okay, what are we going to do next? So we started Mifri Ghana, did the clothing, said, yeah, I'm from Ghana, okay, cool. But what are we doing for Ghana? So we started developing this idea, okay, cool. Let's let's see how we can go to Ghana and do some things. All right, cool. How are we sharing information? Okay, let's uh, let's start this blog. And that's how I connected with Ben, because Ben started writing for the Mifri Ghana blog, who's now our COO, Ben Elementary, my brother. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's my guy. But yeah, <laughs> so we started the blog. And we started disseminating information we did um campaigns through Mithri Ghana for for people to become models and that became then people became part of the movement they felt a part of it we did model competitions and people wanted to be the face of Mithri Ghana um we did collaborations with Aquaba and we started promoting their events and the Kaiana High Commission then wanted us to do certain things with Ghana Youth Day and you know speak up and help and support young people and then it is it is still such a demand and for me I wasn't prepared and that's why I said it became a burden because it did because it was a beast that I couldn't control because I had no real direction I was just kind of being moved by the wind but it was moved by the wind in an upward trajectory um, in some respects and it wasn't until I remember when we won the Google Awards I don't think Denton knows this um, but because of the work we were doing with Wham campaign no okay I won it for Mithri Garner in 2011 I think and then 2013 we won it for um, for what we did with Ram campaign, and I remember um, all of the, the the core team going to the Google Awards, and we sat at a table, and I didn't think we would win at all because we were up against an organisation that we admired, um, Africans that were doing amazing work in the northern region of Ghana, and I remember sitting there, just saying thank you God, and you know what, when we don't win this. This is when I'm going to tell everyone that I'm quitting. I've had enough because it was just too much just to kind of manage and take on. And then when they announced that we are the winners, I just sat there just looking <laughs> and everyone else jumped up screaming. I was like, crap, why'd you do this, God? Like, why? And I remember just walking up 
and they're all just looking at me. Everyone was in front of me. Then everyone just made a way for me to go to the mic. And I'm like, oh, God, leadership. See, these are the things you have to go through. I didn't want to talk. I didn't even want to win. Because <laughs> I wanted it to be over. And then I had to give yeah. a talk. But I remember seeing the hand of God. And I kid you not, I looked up. And I just remember seeing the hand of God just move downwards. And the crowd just went quiet. And I started to speak. And I said so, I can't remember what I said, but I remember going behind the stage and I burst into tears because I didn't want it no more. I didn't want to do it no more. I'd had enough. I wanted out. <laughs> and my team just looked at me, they were shocked. But there's a lot of scars you carry when you're leading projects, when you're, when you're trying to do something, when you're trying to build something, especially when you're trying to affect lives in a positive way, especially when you're... You're you're not your typical Ghanaian, you know, and you, you you just about speak the language and understand it, and you're 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 kind of the the, the cover cover boy, so to speak, of a of a of a movement. So that threw me, and then I think that was 2013, 2014. Um, I kind of started taking a step back and reorganizing ourselves. Even 2013, I got flown to. India and I got flown to um, Switzerland um, for the World Economic Forum and I presented our model our model about future of Ghana, Mithri Ghana, not a lot of people know that and I presented there um, and I remember just being broke, <laughs> I was getting married that year um, and being in the mountains just praying to God just for direction and at that same time I was trying to fight the the, the what do you call them? The airport people, because they were not trying to pay me my monies for the for the clothing. I was, ugh. But anyway, so the vision has evolved through trials and tribulations. But I took a step back in 2014, and that's why it's such an honor to be in your podcast because I've actually this year I've said, do you know what? I'm going to come out. I'm going to start speaking. I'm going to start sure. sharing because there's probably a lot that people can pick up from the journey. To inspire them, not just to inspire them, but to help them to shape their own um, destinies and what they want to do. And there's, you know, I I want to leave the world empty. I want people to know and understand, you know, why things have happened. Um, so it's only this year, kind of, that I'm coming out a lot more. So for from 2014 to 2019, try to look for me on social media. Try to look for me in papers and all of that thing. You won't really find me. I've done a few interviews and that, but I've done that on purpose to safeguard the organization. People would, won't get it, but when you come out there and you start saying, yeah, I'm that guy, I do this, I do that, people are going to look at you like, okay, okay, so all right, then so, so, so how are you going to do this? What are you doing? And you, it's very easy to make things look good. Yes. You know, it's so easy to make things look good. Look, I can develop a project now. I can pull it up on Instagram. I can start developing followers. That is not an issue. The sustainability is the issue. The creating the legacy is the issue. The building a team and making sure you've got enough cash flow to support the endeavors of your project is the issue. But people don't talk about that. People are going to talk about the branding. They don't talk about the, the the high turnover that you might experience. They don't even talk about, you know, the ups and downs that you go through as a leader or as an individual. Do you know what I mean? And that's the pain point. So 
so when I took a step back in 2014, we reorganized ourselves, um, even changed some of the trustees at the time and looked at the vision and what we're trying to build. And that's where Future of Ghana Top 30 Under 30 was actually founded. It was founded even in 2013. Myself and Ben and Sam we were talking at, I think it was a Costa. I said, look, what makes what makes Harvard and Yale, all these universities, so um, supposedly great? It's their alumni. Their alumni invest back into their institutions. You know, we have that in Ghana through a Chimata, but I don't know how it's going now. But the alumni is so strong in Ghana. Like anyone that's from Presby or from whatever, whatever church, church or whatever um, school you, you attend, you know, there's that affinity like, yeah, I'm part of that. But we wanted to build something for this generation, the, the, I'll say the second generation, British-born Ghanaians and diasporans and whatever, you know, um, purely because I realised that my parents and their generation and even the generation after them had community groups. Like wherever they came from, they, um, they formed associations and that's their way of giving back but we can't believe to that we didn't grow up there you know and they're yeah. all doing things that you know really like we don't we, don't, we care but we can't relate so then that's i started thinking okay true. so what are we going to do for our generation how can we like got this platform now mifri ghana now wham future of ghana what what can we do to build something sustainable so the top 30 and the 30 program that should be there for over 100 years it should be here forever. You know, we've got this framework, we've built it, and we know it can work because it has been working. You've got the judges that are changed every year. You've got the selection criterion, which is solid and it, and it can it can be it's agile enough to be to be to be changed. And we as an organization, we don't make the final decision, the judges do. You know, so we've got a framework which works. And we've seen, like, you're, you're 2015. Do you know what I mean? You're yeah, doing amazing I was, in the, I was in the first. I was in the first cohort. I, I couldn't believe it when I got it. I was like, really? Me? Little old me? Ooh. Yeah. And who was part of it? We had Charlene Nteke, Andy Ansa, Ben Boat, Ben... I don't know who was there, it. There it was were a lot of great people. We had Twin B like, as a judge as well. We had Amiel Debra as a judge. So these yeah, people were your profiles, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, look, um, the, what I'm basically trying to allude to is it takes time. But sometimes you have to take a step back and just remove yourself from the hype. Don't try and be that, that face on Instagram and, you know, or Snapchat or whatever the chat is. Do you know what I mean? Just be willing just to take a step back and think about what you're trying to do. Are you trying to build something that's going to be here for decades? Or you're trying to build something for in three or, or two to three years or two to five years that you want to build to sell. And we're, we're building something for generations. So I'm willing, I'm willing to play the long game. You know, and the, the vision for Future of Ghana was to build a first world self-sustaining Ghana. Um, that was the vision. We, we had an away day, a strategic away day, I think a couple of years ago. And I asked the team, I said, what does the vision mean to you? And you know, one of them said, "To be honest, it don't, it doesn't relate to me. I don't get it. I get it, but I don't think it relates to the organization." And I was like, "Raw," because <laughs> you you can just run and you think that things are okay, but 
you've got to be agile you, and because of all of the scars and the, the stresses and the strains I've been through I like to believe that I'm willing to be able to admit when I'm wrong and I was like okay cool uh, let's develop one then and it was um, a couple of our team from Germany and um, the core executive team from um, um, the UK arm that were part of this and so we developed a new vision is a vision of where young Ghanaians globally um, are uniting to drive positive change in Ghana through innovation and collaboration. Innovation, because as we're seeing, if you're not innovating, if you're not tech focused, if you're not agile, you're going to be swallowed up very quickly. And collaboration is key. Collaboration is what built future Ghana, is what built Mifri Ghana, is what, is what builds everything. You know, Bill Gates' homie is, you know, Mark Zuckerberg. They're a family. They're, they, they're you know, they're they're connected you know all of these guys the guy from tesla i can't remember his name now they're all homies elon, man elon musk elon musk they're all homies don't get it twisted like all of these early stage investors that invest into all of these companies they're all a network they all get the 419 the you know they get the they get their heads up before they're about to launch something you know <laughs> And then our mission is about creating platforms for young Ghanaians at home and abroad to connect, share skills, knowledge, and to uh, to impact Ghana's development. So it's really that whole connection thing and sharing of skills and knowledge, you know, is that intellectual capital. Like, how are we utilising it? How are we utilising our finance to help support the development and growth of our nation? So that's the vision, that's the mission now. But I've taken you the long way around because I wanted people to understand the journey. Um and I respect you, I respect your podcast, and I wanted to make sure that it's not just, I'm just not providing you with a watered-down version of, you know, of events. Like it's got to be real, and people got to realise the truth. So This is it, this is it. Thank you, because I wanted to talk to you, because I know that you have a very rich story, and I know that people can learn so much from it. Even I'm learning lots from it, and just thinking as you're speaking I know I should be asking questions but you've pretty much answered everything <laughs> that was on my list anyway um so just for, just finally if people want to keep in touch with you learn more about you the things that you're doing where can they find you <laughs> we have an amazing team in future Ghana um, Nora is part of our team she's an aspiring um dentist she's based in i don't want to say where she's based she does a bit too much um you've got derek who, who handles our press and communications you've got sam who does all of our creative work samuel mentor bonsu ben animanchi coo you've got irene who heads up our um, volunteering side who's actually an alumni of the wham campaign um, and then you've got Pearl Boatin as well, who's, you know, who leads on our strategy. Um, and these are roles that have evolved now. Um, and we've got other team members, we've got trustees, board of advisors. And the reason I'm mentioning all of these guys is because, and we're going to introduce our new board of advisors and our board of trustees this coming quarter. And this is what I mean, we're, we're building something here. Um, and the reason I'm not saying where you can find me, because I know this podcast is about me, but I wanted to mention the incredible team I work with, because uh, we're a team of volunteers um, that sacrifice a lot just to be effective 
and relevant. Um, but we're now at a stage where we're transitioning the charity from um, a volunteer led to um, over the next few years to become a medium sized charity, a medium sized organization, not even a charity organization, I'll say. But um, where you can find out more information about us is www.futureofghana.com. Um, our hashtag, not hashtag, our, our Twitter account is at future of Ghana, no, future of GH. Um, that's the same with Instagram. If you want to find us on Facebook, it's future of, well, facebook.com forward slash future of Ghana. Um, and we're actually going to be recruiting for some new roles for the operational level soon as well. Um, I'm not sure when this podcast is coming out, but the, the recruitment will take place between April and June. April, May, yeah, the second quarter of the year, 2020. Um, so there's going to be a lot more opportunities for people to be involved in some of the exciting projects that we have um, moving forward. Um, for me personally, if you want to connect with me, um, at Arnold Supple, A-R-N-O-L-D, S-A-R-F-O that's my Twitter handle um, I'm not on Instagram I told you I've gone quiet for me I'm not on I'm not on Instagram I'm not on Snapchat I'm not on TikTok I'm on Facebook <laughs> but I don't know my login details um, and where else am I uh, Link or well, LinkedIn yeah you can look for me Arnold but I need to update my LinkedIn to be honest <laughs> yeah I think Twitter's fine. I, I'm sure people could find you on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could find me on there, man. But it's good. Look, sometimes it's good to, you know, remove yourself from and don't feel that you need to go on everything, you know. Yeah. It's just being what is relevant to you. And it's okay to take time out, you know. If if an opportunity is going to be there, it, it will wait for you. Sometimes you have to run for it. But one thing I've realised is that... Um, the, the most important thing you could do when you're building your enterprise is build and maintain relationships um, because those are the ones that really open up the doors. Just because you have 10,000, 100,000, 400,000 followers doesn't mean that all those people like you or they want to actually... <laughs> because you do one thing wrong, then they, a lot of people will leave you or another someone else will replace you. Um, so just try and build an organic core audience. Um, but yeah... Anyway, so yeah, that's how people can find me at Arnold Suffle at on Twitter. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time, for your wisdom, for your stories. Um, I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Now, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share for more inspiring content. Are you unsure whether you're in the right career? Do you feel like you're stuck with the first career choice that you made? Do you want to build the right career for you? Well, I've experienced these feelings myself, but I've made the necessary changes and now I love what I do. I'm an experienced careers consultant slash coach and I can guide you so that you too can build the right career for you. The only question is, when would you like to start? Visit me over at variacoach.com today. That's Varai, V-O-R-A-I coach.com. See you there.